Welcome to The World in 10, the big news stories of the day, explained and analysed by The Times of London. Today with me, Laura Cook and Cara Bentley. First of all, we'll explain what appears to be going on at the Al-Shifa hospital in Gaza following a raid by Israel this week. After days of concern about Palestinians, including babies, stuck and dying in under-resourced hospitals in Gaza, nearly all of those in one of the biggest hospitals, Al-Shifa, have left it. It appears that Al-Shifa in northern Gaza is being evacuated, but it's not clear whether that's a direct order from Israel, simply a provision or even a forced evacuation at gunpoint. The Israeli army denied ordering the evacuation, simply saying it responded to a request by the hospital's director to let people take a secure route out. Now, the director of Gaza's health ministry, which is run by Hamas, says 450 patients have been evacuated and 120 have been left behind with a small number of doctors because they were immobile. Now, the reason people want to leave is because Al-Shifa Hospital was targeted and searched by Israeli forces earlier this week. One doctor claimed there was shooting around and inside the hospital and buildings damaged. Middle East correspondent Melanie Swan, who writes for the Times newspaper, explains why they were there. The story with the hospitals is very consistent across Gaza. So the IDF has been targeting each one in what they say is targeted operations. In each case, they go hospital by hospital. They have been sharing different what they call evidence in terms of showing stockpiling of weapons, different things that they found inside the hospital's tunnels, things in basements. So it does seem from what the IDF shares that the hospitals have been used by Hamas for different purposes, whether that's to shelter weapons, to be part of the tunnel network. I mean, Shifa has for very many years been known to be a a big headquarters for Hamas with a very much underground city below Shifa. But it does appear the more that the operation continues, that the other hospitals are all part of this network, according to the IDF evidence. Mm. The Israeli Defence Forces claimed they found weapons, intelligence, military technology and military equipment in the hospital. Hamas rejects the accusation, saying they're making excuses to attack. And after weeks of being told to move south, it seems cities, including Khan Yunis in the south, have been hit, apparently killing 26 people. In Israel, the families of Israelis who were taken hostage by Hamas on October the 7th are on a five-day march from Tel Aviv to demand that the government does more to get their relatives home. 25-year-old Noah Malon joined thousands of people holding signs with photos of hostages on as they walked along a motorway to Jerusalem. In bar, my partner, my girlfriend, she's a really an amazing girl, funny, clever, sensitive, talented. She's an artist, she's a graphic design student, and she's really, and she's uh, full of love and, and care. And she just... She went to the music festival as a caregiver, as a volunteer to help others. And she was kidnapped in October 7 from the music festival. Gershon Baskin is a negotiator who worked on the release of Israeli soldier Gilad Shalit in 2011. He's now Middle East director for the International Communities Organization and says the talks about releases are going on with Qatar and Egypt as well. The negotiations are taking place at the highest level in at least two capitals, in in Doha and in Cairo. 
All the talk and all the rumors and all the numbers and the conditions that we hear are all part of the negotiations, but not necessarily what's being said behind closed doors in those rooms where the negotiations take place. It's a very difficult situation. And of course, the public wants to know. And the various sides in the negotiations uses these rumors as a means of putting pressure on the governments, both Israel and Hamas, to make decisions. Mm -hmm. The hostages, ranging from babies to grandparents, are thought to be in tunnels deep under Gaza, possibly in areas where the Israeli military has been striking continuously. Coming up, the Ukrainian prisoner of war camps that are trying to re-educate Russian soldiers and the punctuation police claim victory in an English village apostrophe battle. We're taking you behind the scenes now, inside a Ukrainian prisoner of war camp, where captured Russian soldiers are being deprogrammed and re-educated. It may sound harsh, but Tom Ball writes in today's Times how Russians have been subjected to propaganda their entire lives. One soldier told Tom how he signed up to fight in the belief that Russians and Ukrainians were one people being torn apart by a perfidious NATO. So life in the camp. Picture this. Prisoners awoken at six o'clock in the morning. The Ukrainian national anthem plays out over a loudspeaker. After breakfast, there's a minute's silence for those killed as a result of Russia's invasion. Along hallways, walls are lined with photographs of figures from Ukraine's past. A spokesperson for Ukraine's treatment of prisoners of war explains in the article how this is designed to be a crash course in Ukrainian history, debunking Putin's claims that Ukraine is not an independent nation. They say it's like trying to pull someone out of a religious sect. It really is a fascinating read from Tom from the largest camp in Ukraine, where prisoners wait until they're sent home either in a prisoner exchange or at the end of the war. But a freeze on those swaps means that these camps are getting close to capacity, with more having to be built. Some sad news now from the world of entertainment, as Cool and the Gang's drummer George Brown has died at the age of 74. He was one of the gang behind hits like Ladies' Night, Celebration and Jungle Boogie. He'd been undergoing treatment for cancer in Los Angeles. The World Anti-Doping Agency has said that Russia's desire to resurrect what was considered the Soviet Union's alternative to the Olympics, called the Friendship Games, would jeopardise the health of athletes and integrity of sport because Russia is not compliant with their anti-doping standards. The World Anti-Doping Agency says it has significant reservations about the event next year from an anti-doping perspective. The Friendship Games are due to take place in September, 40 years after it was first held in boycott of the 1984 Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. And these ones will follow the Summer Olympics in France, in which Russians will not be able to compete under their own flag. Now, 
this might well be an insanely British thing, and I'll happily admit I'm a total pedant when it comes to the good old-fashioned apostrophe. And it seems I'm not alone, as there's a very real pedant's revolt in a little English village in Hampshire. That's right. Residents of St Mary's Terrace were upset when a new street sign arrived without the possessive apostrophe. No! And the reason? Well, this will make pedants' blood boil. It was part of a council ban supposedly aimed at making signs easier for paramedics and delivery drivers. Now, Winchester Council has adopted a no-apostrophe policy for all new signs. Get a life, I hear some of you shouting while you're listening to this. And you might be right. Martin Todd here is the Lib leader of Winchester City Council. I think the people in the road weren't very happy about it. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we've had bigger protests. But I do know, for example, if we took the apostrophe away from Bishop's Waltham or we added an apostrophe to Kingsworthy, then it really would all kick off. And so uh, we do have to be quite careful on the subject. It's one of those sort of points of detail which uh, you need to take care of in order to accidentally avoid irritating large numbers of local residents. Tensions running high there in a sleepy corner of Hampshire, but calm has now been restored. Phew. In tomorrow's episode, you'll be able to learn about a huge organised crime group in Ireland, which has become a major international criminal organisation. Here is a snippet from John Mooney, crime and security correspondent at the Sunday Times Ireland. It really became clear earlier on that this group is no longer just a criminal organisation. They've morphed into something else that is almost like a hybrid criminal terrorist organisation. They have their tentacles involved in every description of organised crime, but they're also connected in and utilised by states and hostile states like Iran. Thanks for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with the help of the Times of London. We'll see you tomorrow.